Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy and practice, practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in our everyday life today. Yoga is a Sanskrit term that means oneness. It refers to union or unity, meaning bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature. This can be thought of as being restored to our original innate wholeness, body, mind, spirit, all being in harmony. It's knowing our true spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. We've been running a series on yoga and healing, and we're continuing that today, the healing balm of timeless teachings, oneness, radiance, and love. And we're joined today by author Phil Bolsta. He has a new book out, a beautiful new book called Through God's Eyes, um, and we'll be exploring inspirations from universal teachings that shine the light of truth on the path of awakening to our own beauty, our own wholeness, our own perfection. And just touching on that truth that when we know we're not separate from the source, spiritual healing begins and all healing proceeds from that. Phil is the author of 60 Seconds, One Moment Changes Everything, as well as this most recently published book, Through God's Eyes, that we're going to be drawing from today. In that book, he assembled 
um, what we could think of as a dream team of spiritual leaders, visionaries, mystics, and gathered their thoughts and uh, quotations and creatively organized them into topical categories along with his own commentaries. Um, Phil updates his blog regularly, and that's the best way to stay in touch with him or get in touch with him, and that's bolstablog.com, B-O-L-S-T-A blog. Dot com. Uh, also, you can go there with God's Eyes at me.com. Welcome, Phil. I'm delighted to meet you and so happy you, you're joining us for Yoga Hour today. Thank you, Ellen. It's a joy to talk with you today. Thanks. Let's begin um, just with a moment of centering uh, meditation before we dive into our conversation. We're going to be talking about the truth teaching that we are not separate from God. So we begin that conversation with a moment of prayer, of meditation, of connection with that truth. Feeling, knowing, realizing that we are not separate from the one. So in this moment, let's simply open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence. Recognizing and affirming one reality called by many names as the support and the substance of all that is. So that which is beyond, within, and through all the worlds is present right now. Right where we are, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone, everything. And so let's breathe and become aware of our breath. And as you breathe in, feel that you are expanding your awareness, becoming ever more conscious of the truth of your divine nature. One with the one, one with all that is. Feel the air coming in. Dive into your essence of being. Feel the air flowing out. Relax. Let go. When we pause for a moment like this, and we can do this anytime, we can become aware of how peace is available to us in any moment. And that peace is connected to remembering our oneness with all that is. Remembering we are not separate from God. Throughout this Yoga Hour program, we're going to be diving into material um, from Phil's new book, Through God's Eyes, which is an inspiring collection of spiritual wisdom quotations um, from many different authors, um, and along with uh, Phil's commentary. So I want to start, Phil, just with your personal um, experience of, you know, what led you to um 
bring all this wisdom together. And, you know, for our listeners, I want to say this is a big book. You know, this is like a Bible-sized book. <laughs> it's weighty in more, in more ways than one. Um, so what, what inspired you to do this work, Phil? Well, I did not choose to write this book. It chose me. <laughs> when I first became interested in spirituality, I, I went looking for a book that laid out all the spiritual principles I was learning in a logical, organized, entertaining, and engaging way. And I assumed there had to be at least one book that explained how all of these principles interact, how to weave them together into a cohesive worldview, and, and how to practically apply all that spiritual wisdom to daily life. And I couldn't find that book. And I remember thinking, well, I guess I have to write it myself someday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was not ready to write it at that time. That was about 16 years ago. And I was just determined that all that knowledge and all that wisdom should be gathered together in one easy to follow book. So others wouldn't have to go on a giant spiritual scavenger hunt and piece it all together mm. on their own like I had to. Mm. Well, thank you for doing that work, you know, and as you share about your experience, I'm thinking about, you know, for me early on on, on the path, which is like over 30 years ago, the book, um, you know, one of the books that was really important to me was Aldous Huxley's um, Perennial Philosophy. And um, that also is a, is a collection of the insights, really, of the mystics, you know, those who are seeing into the heart of reality. And I, and I think, you know, that's also what you have done, but, you know, you, you have updated it and, and brought um, many more, you know, contemporary teachers uh, to the table to sit uh, with us. So thank you uh, very much for that work. And as we, you know, uh, have been exploring this connection between um, yoga and truth teachings and healing, uh, your book is really an excellent support for reflection on what healing actually is and how we can uh, experience it. You know, through the lens of yoga philosophy, um, we understand that self-realization, um, God-realization, knowing the truth of what we are as spiritual beings is um, the ultimate healing, it is the source of all healing. And um, through the practice uh, and realization that comes through yoga, um, we we realize we're not separate from the one, and, and this launches us on our path of healing. Um, and, you know, we, we often... Um, use the analogy um, that we are like waves on the ocean. You know, there's one life, one reality, and we are unique, individualized expressions of it, and therefore those divine qualities um, of supreme consciousness um, are, are found, you know, at the core of our being. Um, and But sometimes that's confusing to people, you know, when we talk about you, you are divine. That is your nature. When, you know, people resonate with it, they, they know it's true, but also it's confusing. Um, sometimes in the beginning, you know, uh, they think, uh oh, you know, it's arrogant to say, you know, I am divine. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda, who you quote a lot in your book, and I'm grateful for, and also for the, um, <clears throat> the part in the back of the book where you list all his quotations. Um, he, he said, the wave cannot say, I am the ocean, because the ocean can exist without the wave. But the ocean can say, I am the wave, because the wave cannot exist without 
the ocean. So um, that's a, a really good place for us to begin. Um, how, what do you see as the insight from this um, about the eminence of the divine that supports us in our healing process? I love that quote. It's one of my favorites. Um, and the way I look at it is, just as Yogananda said, your soul, that individualized God force within you, is but a wave of spirit in the vast ocean of spirit. And here's what's important. Just as a wave is not the ocean itself, still it is of the ocean and has all the characteristics of the ocean. And so just as the ocean is behind every individual wave, so is God behind every breath you take. And your soul is a perfect reflection of God. It's always existed, will always exist. It's timeless, unchangeable, everlasting. And to paraphrase the Bhagavad Gita, which I bet is one of your favorite books, Alan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the eternal soul cannot be burned by fire, drowned by water, or pierced by any weapon. I love this, this quote by Goethe uh, in the book. I am so fully convinced that the soul is indestructible and that its activity will continue through eternity. It is like the sun, which seems to our earthly eyes to set in night but is in reality gone to diffuse its light elsewhere. Mm, it's beautiful. Really beautiful. And, you know, when we, <clears throat> I can remember, um, you know, coming onto the path of yoga and hearing this teaching about the immortal nature of the soul and the pure nature of the soul, our essence of being, really. And having that connected to um, understanding, you know, when you, when you know that, uh, when you realize that, you know, not just know about it, but when you realize it, there is a freedom uh, from fear that comes um, because the the fear is, of course, if we go back to the ocean and the wave, you know, um, the the fear is is that the wave, you know, thinks it's separate from the ocean, <laughs> and um, so this uh, starting point of recognizing that we can we can never be alone we can never be separate we can never be apart because god actually is our our very life yes um, fear all fear stems from separation from god as you said and once we realize that there is no separation from god fear relaxes its grip on us yeah, and in uh, in your book, you have some lovely um, reflections on what it means to be connected to everyone and to everything. Um, you have one from uh, Eknat Ishwaran, um, a quote saying, a physicist would remind us that the things we see, quote, out there are not ultimately separate from each other and from us. We perceive them as separate because of the limitation of our senses. If our eyes were sensitive to a much finer spectrum, we might see the world as a continuous field of matter and energy. That's really lovely. And, you know, yoga, of course, gives us many ways for um, purifying the mind 
mind and the senses to have us um, be open to this uh, deeper perception. Um, what is your sense about that, Phil? How do we move beyond seeing, you know, everything as separate, seeing ourselves as Alan Watts says, that, you know, as skin encapsulated egos? How do we move beyond that? Well, in my view, it all starts with surrendering. And given that a supreme loving intelligence governs all of existence, it follows that you are being guided in every moment with infinite wisdom and inexhaustible love. So surrendering to this divine intelligence, which essentially means aligning your will with God's will, is the cornerstone of a spiritual life. Now, surrendering to God does not mean that you are surrendering your free will. It means you're dedicating your life to a higher purpose to serve as a living expression of truth, beauty, and love. So everyone says, okay, how do I do that? How do I align my will divine will? Well, three ways to get started are practicing spiritual affirmations, meditation, of course, and practicing the presence of God. And practicing the presence means keeping your love for God in your thoughts as often as possible and maintaining an ongoing dialogue with God. And ultimately, the deeper you surrender, the higher your consciousness, and the greater your sense of oneness with everything. And I, I love this quote from Rumi. For those who realize that everything is from God, everything is the same. Mm, that's beautiful. And it's really the key to peace and to uh, even-mindedness. You know, yoga also teaches us that there's going to be basically two directions <clears throat> for our attention. Excuse me. <clears throat> our attention and awareness to flow, that it can flow inwards towards being anchored in the self, towards divine remembrance, or it can flow outward and get involved in the senses and uh, sometimes forgetfulness. So I love uh, the three tools that you've offered, affirmation, meditation, and practicing the presence. Um I want to offer a quote from Swami Vivekananda that you have included in your book. When I am bound by nature, by name, and form, by time, space, and causality, I do not know what I truly am. But even in this bondage, my real self is not completely lost. I strain against the bond. One by one they break, and I become conscious of my innate grandeur. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, um, we'll touch back on that. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Phil Bolsta. You can more, learn more about Phil's new book, Through God's Eyes, at godseyesbook.com. And uh, when we come back, we'll be looking at how we are beautiful and loved. We'll be right back with you. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support.
If you are a Gen Xer, Boomer, Elder, or a younger person, and you want to know more about and be better prepared to navigate the world you are living in and the world that lies ahead, then Do Not Go Quietly is a wonderful book for you. If you know that when you turn away from what you love and are passionate about, you limit yourself from achieving the very thing you came to this earth to accomplish, living the life you were born to live, then this book will resonate with you. So, no matter how old or young you are, if you want to use the time you have remaining, whether years or decades, to sing the notes that only you can sing in the great song, pick up your copy of Do Not Go Quietly, and start making an even more joyful noise in celebration of your life. Do Not Go Quietly, an award-winning, inspiring Hay House book. Available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite bookstore. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Phil Bolsta, author of the new book, Through God's Eyes, Finding Peace and Purpose in a Troubled World. And in the first segment, I, I closed with a, a quote from Swami Vivekananda that, that points to the innate urge that we have um, for healing. So always um, in the background of our lives, of our minds, the, the soul is ever pressing to express its fullness, to, to move us into the complete experience of our wholeness. So much pain and suffering comes from the belief, um, you know, that we are less than, than what we really are, you know, that we're not beautiful, that we're not loved, and, um, you know, so we look outside of ourselves for value. Validation, um, but the spiritual teachings tell us: Wait a minute, you know, turn that around. Uh, you you can find your innate perfection by learning how to look within. Paramahansaji wrote: You are a wildflower, a beauty unsurpassed. In each soul is the unique imprint of the grace of God. Now that. So many of his teachings um, are like that, you know, such an inspiration to lift up our awareness uh, to the truth of our being and, uh, you know, not in an egotistical way, you know, not like I am beautiful and loved and you are not, 
<laughs> but to recognize that all is um, the beauty of God's uh, creation. So how do you see that we you know, begin to live more and more from this place of deep knowing that we all have this innate divine beauty and that we have a fountain of inexhaustible love that can express through us? Well, like, like every other question you can possibly ask, it all comes back to surrender. If you haven't yet surrendered to God and accepted your innate divinity, you're letting your ego call the shots. And when you identify with ego, with separateness, with scarcity, you see yourself as alone and vulnerable in an unfriendly world. And another piece of the puzzle is that you have to genuinely love yourself. And if you lean more towards self-loathing than self-love, consider how you feel about your friends. You love them even though they, like you, are imperfect, have hurt others and regret past actions. But if you can unconditionally love your friends despite their flaws, you can learn to extend the same kindness towards yourself. And here's where the title and theme of the book come into play. Looking through God's eyes can help you see yourself as God sees you and treat yourself as God treats you with love, compassion, and endless patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, understanding that there is a larger perspective, you know, when we talk about seeing through God's eyes, we're really talking about this um, understanding of the uh, innate uh, divinity of every person. Um, you know, sometimes people get confused um, about the idea of of God, you know, being like a cosmic uh, person, you know, that is seeing you like a parent would see you, for example. Um, and, and some people are are helped when they when they take that step to look at the divinity, but sometimes people are hindered with that point of view also. So, you know, uh, when we talk about seeing through God's eyes, you know, as I understand it anyway, we're talking about understanding the nature of reality and that there is this one overarching, you know, conscious existence, uh, intelligence, uh, being that is filled with um, beneficence, you know, goodness um, towards all, um, because all is an expression of that divine self. So, you know, surrendering is really letting go of the idea that we could ever be separate from that reality. Absolutely. And, of course, when I talk about seeing the world through God's eyes, I have to qualify that to the extent that you can, because it's really um, absurd to think that we can look through God's eyes as God does. But just the sense of trying to look through God's perspective allows us to widen our perspective and see the world um, from a greater view. Yeah, sort of, um, you know, and you've mentioned surrender several times. I think it's, you know, part of that, you know, what you're evoking with your title and the invitation to see through God's eyes is, you know, it's a useful exercise in itself to just loosen the idea of um, seeing things only through the narrow perspective of the ego, you know, through the small I, the small self, um, that can be a very narrow view 
of um, the way that that things are. Yes, it's uh, it's very important to uh, separate yourself from that egotistical view and just look with a broader view and see all humanity as one, which comes back to the theme. And in order to do that, you have to step back and widen your vision. And the exercise is to try your best to look through God's eyes at every moment you can remind yourself to do that. And that is a reminder that we are all one and that it's not just all about you all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about, you know, just a, a simple, a simple but not easy practice um, is this practice of non-attachment to views. Um, you know, non-attachment comes in so many areas, you know, not being attached to things um, as the source of our happiness or support. But there's also a more subtle practice, um, which is not being attached to our viewpoint, um, and that can show up, you know, as a, as a practice of just, just observing, you know, what we observe and, you know, having a little sense, you know, in the back of our mind that, um, more can be revealed, you know, in any situation, right? You know, more knowledge can come, more insight can come. Uh, sometimes we get into trouble because we have just a, just a narrow view about things and we we hold that as truth um but if we if we aren't attached to our viewpoint um then there's a possibility for us of seeing things uh in a more expanded way oh absolutely attachment i have a whole chapter in the book on attachment and why it's so important to detach from outcomes and just live with detachment without attachment to desires because as you know desires are what keeps us rooted to the material world and we have to raise our vision and look heavenward and if we are going to be attached to anything let it be attached to oneness with God and surrender to God mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Exactly, and that the Parmansaji would say that that was the one desire that we're all allowed that won't get us into trouble. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, I I think that is is true, and sometimes it can be a little confusing for people. Like, well, how do I have goals? You know, how do you know we have useful desires, and um, so it, it's not that we don't have desire. You know, that's part of the way that we express. Um, but as you mentioned, um, it's a matter of learning to hold those a little more loosely, you know, without attaching um, our happiness, our peace of mind, you know, to the way that these uh, desires are fulfilled or not. Yes, I mean, continue to pursue your career and life goals. That's part of living in the world, but only insofar as they contribute to and are in harmony with your overarching soul goals. Um, for example, I love this quote by Goethe. He said, be above it. Make the world serve your purpose, but do not serve it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, um, don't get so involved that you lose yourself, you know, in the, in the teachings of Jesus, you know, don't, don't gain the world and lose your soul in the process. Um, what do you see as, um, 
you know, some, some ways that we can avoid uh, losing ourselves, you know, getting off balance, getting off base. Um, you know, one that you have mentioned is to be able to um, acknowledge, of course, not only our own divinity, but that of others as well. Um, what do you see as, you know, how do we do that? How do we develop this consciousness of living in the divine, seeing the divine, meeting the divine uh, in everyone? Well, a, a turning point for me uh, came a few years ago. Um, since I was a kid, I had always been a people pleaser. But then it occurred to me that if I surrendered my life to God, I'd be free to express myself and do the work I came here to do with without any fear of what others may think. Um, and I'm getting to the point here, because uh, after all, if I strove to be in alignment with divine will in every moment, then I'd essentially be acting as an instrument of God. So I've come to the point where I just try to live to please God instead of trying to please anybody or anything else. Mm. And when you do that, you automatically see others also as uh, just as divine as you are. And it, it just is liberating to free you up from, you talked about attachment, seeing the divine in others. All of this is so interrelated, and that's why I wrote this book, to express how it all works together, and it's also synergistic. And basically, you can go about it a couple of ways. If you want to try the intellectual route, it follows that if you are beautiful and loved, then so is every other person you come in contact with. So... It's logical that when you recognize God in someone else, you recognize yourself as well, because your divine essence is indistinguishable from the divine mm. of another. But let me go back to the title of the book. By training yourself to look through God's eyes to the extent that you can, you see a flame of divine love in everyone you cross paths with. Now, I use affirmations a lot, and whenever I go outside here in Encinitas, one of the affirmations I use is, Guide me to see the beauty in every individual soul. And the more reminders you can give yourself like that, the more affirmations, the better you can hold on to that perception instead of getting lost in the material world. Mm, yeah, that's a really helpful and beautiful practice um, to intend, you know, to intend um, through affirmation to adjust our um, point of view. Um, and that's one of the wonderful skills that comes from um, spiritual living and definitely on the path of yoga that we, we have the ability to adjust our viewpoint. Um, you know, Paramahansaji once said, you know, there's beauty all around. You know, why look down the gutters of life um, when you when you can um, lift up your awareness to see the beauty of God, you know, in everyone and everything. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just a habit. You know, I find that uh, uh, with myself sometimes and I've seen it in others where, you know, it's just, you know, I call it the ain't it awful club, you know, where the conversation, the inner conversation, the outer conversation is just about complaining about life. You know, this went wrong, that went wrong. And, you know, as you do that, it's the opposite of affirmation, right? And as we do that, you know, we find pretty soon, you know, we feel pretty bad. Um, 
versus if you set a clear intention, you know, to live in the divine, to see the divine, um, you find uh, a very different experience of life. Don't don't you see that too? Oh, yes. And uh, well, Carlos Castaneda really sums it up beautifully. He said, the trick is in what one emphasizes. We either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, it, and it seems one is one path is conscious and the other is not. Um, right. You know, I don't. I don't think that. You know, most people don't want to make themselves miserable, but it is um, usually just an unconscious uh, habit. And uh, you know, as you were noting earlier, it, it flows from the ego's need, you know, to assert itself in some, you know, in some way. And, um, and so, you know, that's a primary discipline on the path to sort of kick out that pillar of the ego, you know, for like props it up, um, by, uh, removing that need, you know, to, um, negatively see life and see others. It, it gives a false sense, you know, of being in charge, um, which simply isn't true, and so we're we're back. I think to surrender, uh, Phil. <laughs> this is that's the theme. Uh, to use our discernment and our devotion, uh, surrender the sense of being separate. Um, that allows us then to rest in that awareness of our oneness. Yes, and you you spoke about the ego, and that's such an important piece of this because without a disciplined commitment to self awareness. Um, seekers on the road to truth may miss the turn for humility and veer off toward arrogance. Uh, you mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm a divine child of God and, and you're not type of spiritual <laughs> arrogance. But we, we really have to rely on daily discipline and eternal vigilance to keep the ego in check. The challenge is maintaining the right balance of ego and spirit so that your spirit is firmly in command like a parent lovingly guiding a child. Because like a child, your, your ego is motivated by the need for attention, validation, and independence. And if your ego is driving your quest for enlightenment, instead of operating in service to your spirit, enlightenment will remain forever beyond your reach. But if your only desire is loving and serving God, enlightenment waits patiently and lovingly on the other side of devotion. Mm-hmm. And the practices really are about purifying uh, the ego, you know, not the self. The self is already pure, already whole, already complete, but practices are really for purifying the ego to allow it to be transparent, you know, to that uh, essential uh, nature. I'm uh, Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Phil Bolsta, uh, author of the new book, Through God's Eyes. And you can follow Phil um, with his blog that he updates recently, bolstablog.com. We'll be right back with you with our last segment. We're going to be looking at your choice is love or fear. Imagine 
The powerful, poignant poetry of Unity Poet Laureate James Dillett Freeman. Beautifully put to music by award-winning songwriter Kathy DeWitt. It's here, The Traveler, new music to the words of James Dillett Freeman, a remarkable collaboration across space and time. Sometimes from I know not what strange strand Then I am as in a dream A dream I never remember Yet somehow I understand Visit thetraveler.us to get the CD, songbook, and free downloads. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and my guest today is Phil Bolsta. And uh, in this last segment, we're going to take a look at how we, we were talking about um, how we have a choice. Um, we can set a clear intention um, uh, for how we're going to um, view the world, and um, you know, and a primary choice is sometimes held up as well. You can choose love, or you can choose fear. And um, true healing brings us freedom from fear. As I mentioned in the first segment, that's one of the first um, things that we notice. And so, Phil, how do you see this relationship between fear and love? Well, the short answer is that God is love. So whenever we stray from attunement with God, fear has the upper hand. And the minute you start assuming that you can manage your life better than God can, you open yourself up to fear. And my life-changing moment came when I was reading Gerald Janopolsky's book, Teach Only Love, because a particularly compelling passage just jumped off the page and right into my heart. And the gist of it was this. In every encounter we have with another human being, that person is either offering love to us or is in need of love from us. Now, imagine looking at the world through such a lens and recognizing that every time someone treats you in an unloving way, you have the honor 
and the privilege of providing love to that person, love which they are in desperate need of. And what does that look like? I have a long story in my book about just that, how I put it into practice. And if your listeners email me at godseyesatme.com, I'll send them the entire chapter on love versus fear, which includes that story. And when, you know, when we think about love in this way, um, it's really not uh, an emotion. You know, it's not seeing people um, with a kind of um, affection, although, you know, that could be part of it. But really what we're talking about is seeing people interacting with people with the clarity of of what they really are, you know, who they really are, who we really are. So, you know, you could you could think of love in this sense as a greater sense of wholeness, uh, completeness, um, you know, rather than an emotion. Yes, um, and. As if you're talking about how to practice choosing love mm. and how to live in that consciously, um, yes, and again, I've come back to affirmations. I often tell myself when I know I'm going to be in touch with other people, engaging with them, an affirmation based on Yogananda's quote earlier, come through my heart, my smile, my eyes to bathe others in your loving presence. And when you shift into that mode, when you're continually thanking God for using you as a pure instrument of divine love, the more natural it feels. And, and mm-hmm. in other words, the more effort you put into being a channel of God's love, the more effortless it becomes. Mm. And just getting, I think it's just really, in a way, very simple, you know, just getting out of the focus on ourself um, does a lot to free us from fear. You know, it's that contracted um, state of mind that's focused on me, you know, what my needs are, what's happening to me. Um, When we begin to shift our awareness to something greater, you know, remembering the larger true life and how we are connected to everyone and that our thoughts, uh, our presence, you know, anchored in that divine awareness actually can um, uplift, you know, not only us, but those around us. Yes, so many people have that seven word disease. It's all about me all the time. (laughs) And it's true that, again, this all works together when you see the innate divinity in others. And when you, well, namaste, divine in me bows to the divine in you. And when you have that approach and when you can stay in that consciousness and attunement with God and just interact with everybody from that perspective, life gets a lot easier. It gets more beautiful and it's a wonderful way to live. Mm, It really is. And, you know, a big part of that, it seems to me, Phil, is our ability to um, be present in the moment. You know, I I like your um, 
pointing to affirmation and intention, you know, setting that clear intent for, for the way that we're going to direct our attention during the day and during times of interaction. And another piece of that, I think, is um, <clears throat> the way in which we um, allow ourselves to be fully present um, to another, uh, to be able to fulfill that kind of affirmative um, thought that you're talking about, we have to actually be in the moment, you know, and not engaging in our uh, thoughts that are about the past or the future or judgment or criticism or blame or fear. Um, we, we have to be skilled at being able to simply be present. Yes, and actually in my previous book, 60 Seconds, One Moment Changes Everything, I have a powerful story uh, from David Wagner about how he did that with a client when he was um, a hairdresser. And I, I can send that story to anyone who emails me too at godseyesatme.com because he closed with this. He said, if you're going to be there for someone, be there. You might be someone's only angel of the day and you can't take that for granted. And the, what, what happened with him and this woman who came in to see him is just so profound. I'd love to uh, share that with your readers. Mm. So just holding it as if um, the divine is flowing through you, is present in every relationship, and the potential for healing is there in every moment. And... Um, you know, how, how do you see the role of healing ourselves um, in terms of being able to be a healing instrument uh, in the world? Well, as Gandhi said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. Uh, as you raise your own consciousness, you become, well, you can say the Johnny Appleseed of harmonious living, you know, joyously sowing seeds of love and kindness wherever you go. And the planet is in desperate need of virtuous, kind-hearted people whom others can gaze upon and think, so that is what's possible. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever wondered whether one person can make a difference in the world, yes, absolutely. Every thought you have can make the planet a better place because every positive, peaceful thought adds that much more loving energy to uh, the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's a virtual circle. Every loving thought you contribute incrementally raises your consciousness. And the higher your consciousness, the greater the impact of your contribution, and the more likely it becomes that your next thought will also be a positive one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's, you know, as you say, there's a great need in the world, you know, and we find uh, a lot of stress uh, around us and sometimes people reacting uh, in anger or, or fear. And um, so, you know, we're, we're better able to deal with that, you know, if we're anchored in the awareness of uh, God within us and even in the other person who is not behaving in the best way, don't you think? Yes, yes, and absolutely. Uh, if you serve as a pure instrument of divine love and everything you think, say, and do is you do it to please God, there's no better way to live. Mm. Would you give us, I know we've had many of the rich quotes from your book this morning, but um, just one as we close the um, yoga hour today, uh, uh, one of your favorites. 
Okay. And uh, what I preface this with is, remember, no matter how lost, scared, vulnerable, or powerless you feel, you can treat this very moment as a portal of peace, wisdom, and healing by welcoming whatever is in front of you with three words, as you wish. And this quote by Hafiz, I love very much. It says, this place where you are right now, God circled on a map for you. Mm. Thank you for that. What a beautiful reflection uh, and really an affirmation, Phil, you know, of knowing that right where we are right now, we're in our right place and the divine is uh, fully present with us and moving through our lives. It's been a joy to share this yoga hour with you. Thank you so much, um, Phil, for joining me and uh, for your beautiful book. And I want to remind listeners you can um, find out more about his book and stay in touch with him at bolstablog.com, B-O-L-S-T-A, blog.com. And uh, he's offered a couple of resources during the program um, for the listeners this morning, but I have even another one a special gift for Yoga Hour listeners. You can email him for a free copy of his ebook called The Logic of Living a Spiritual Life, Supporting a Life of Faith Through Logic and Reason. So you can get that at godislogical.com. Godislogical.com. And that's a free ebook from Phil called The Logic of Living a Spiritual Life. Ellen? Yes. May I quote that? That uh, website you gave, the book is 99 cents, but if people email me, I'll send it to them for free. Okay, okay. So, um, and you want to give that email address again then, Phil? Godseyesatme.com. Okay, thank you so much, and thank you for your generosity this morning. Um, I want to let you all know that next week we're going to be continuing our series on healing and we're going to take a look at this new field relatively new field um, in terms of how it is being used um, and expressed today and that is yoga therapy for holistic healing and uh, our theme is taking charge of our wellness every day and I'll be joined by John Kepner who's executive director of the International Association of Yoga Therapists and he's been in that role since 2003 Um, also a reminder that Roy Eugene Davis, the direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, will be at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment on March 14th and 15th, so visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes. If you haven't uh, done that yet, we welcome you as a subscriber. And always, of course, let your inner divine light shine into the world, and remember to share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Thank you again phil thank you pleasure to be with you and thank you jeff comfort in our sound room for engineering for us this morning good morning thank you all thank you for tuning in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members 
of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. 
If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss through lecture, live interviews, and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 